Welcome to episode 19 of the Self-Care 101 podcast with your host, Pooja K. McClymont, helping people achieve their full potential with effective self-care through wellbeing coaching. Thank you so much for listening today. On this episode, I interview Anna Davidson, a survivor of domestic violence who is starting to share her experience with others who may need help. Domestic abuse will affect one in four women and one in six men in their lifetime. This leads to, on average, two women being murdered each week and 30 men a year and accounts for 16% of all violent crime. However, it is still the violent crime least likely to be reported to the police. Domestic violence has more repeat victims than any other crime. On average, there will have been 35 assaults before a victim calls the police, and it's the single most quoted reason for becoming homeless. In addition, approximately 400 people commit suicide each year who have attended hospital for domestic abuse injuries in the previous six months. 200 of these attend hospital on the day they go on to commit suicide. This is not only an inspiring story of resilience, strength and determination, it's also a moving, sad and frightening one. I found this my hardest episode to do and you'll hear how I couldn't even find the words to speak with Anna for she truly has lived a remarkable life so far and my awe for her journey has left me not only in tears but also speechless. Anna is a strong woman. She shares her story of working in a successful corporate career, being the breadwinner in a loving marriage, to taking redundancy and everything she knew and trusted being taken from her. She is currently using her strength as a highly successful entrepreneur and gets to spend more time with her beautiful children whilst prioritizing her own self-care to continue surviving. For anyone experiencing domestic violence, please seek help as soon as possible. You've got such an incredible journey, incredible story to tell. So I'm going to hand it over to you. Right. Yeah. Okay. On the spotlight, I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a pleasure to be here. And, you know, if I, if just sharing my story can kind of help other people or even just inspire other people to make a bit of a difference in this world, then I feel like I've done my job, really. Um, because my, my story is quite a difficult story, really, because it comes from the heart and actually this is the second time I've shared it really sort of publicly um so so just as as regards to kind of business like my background I've spent years in the corporate world I worked in the pharmaceutical industry for years left university went straight into a job you know um went through that sort of corporate ladder um and and it wasn't until sort of uh, when I had children, which I think a lot of mums can always relate to, that I decided that I wanted a bit more freedom and flexibility. Um, and I kind of moved into the online world, which I'll, I'll come to more detail about. But on that kind of journey, I suppose, I think life, we we have all these things that we kind of, society says that we need to tick off, you know, get married, have children. Um, and I was kind of really doing well in the corporate world, moving up that corporate ladder, was getting promotions, uh, was in an industry where, you know, there was big bonuses and all that kind of thing. Um, and then I met my life partner and I'd always, I'd always said that I wanted somebody who would support me in my career because I kind of wasn't the typical woman, I suppose, um, because I didn't really want to stay at home with the kids at that point. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, Sounds familiar. <laughs> it wasn't until I had the kids, if you know what I mean, that I kind of realised I wanted a bit more flexibility. Yeah. So I felt like I needed to meet someone who was 
who was going to be supportive, but also, you know, would get stuck into things like cooking and, uh, you know, household things rather than that sort of typical role of the man does this. And the woman does this. So I was the, I was kind of like the breadwinner of our family Um, met, you know, the love of my life, got married. Um, and it wasn't until I started, I think a lot of people probably relate to this, challenges start happening when you have children. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Life they was, do indeed they don't intend to tell you about that but yeah they do <laughs> and um and I also think that there is I think also men get pushed aside a little bit in that process it's me sort of analyzing the past um because those in relationships they are your number one and then when you have children they become sort of maybe second place initially because you're nurturing and you know looking after your babies um but you know as a unit you've got to make sure that you're spending time with your partner and all that kind of stuff so I basically our relationship started having challenges initially it was it was just like the normal stuff you know like um maybe I think because I was the breadwinner I started to begrudge it a little bit and wanted um a little bit more I was looking at opportunities online a little bit more freedom and flexibility and felt like the pressure was on my shoulders a bit and obviously for years I had been the driver and um he wasn't so much if not me yeah but then literally it feels like it sounds so sort of um surreal in saying it but it was literally like gradually and it felt like overnight I realised that I was in a very abusive relationship. Things just gradually crept up on me that I think because I was always the breadwinner and the, a, a driven person, mm. I was really reluctant to admit it because, you know, people saw me as a strong character. So to be in an abusive relationship, you had to be like subservient, you know what I mean, in my head. So I was like, I was in denial for a long period of time. And it wasn't until there was violent episodes and he strangled me that, oh I, know that I really realised, oh, my God, like, this has just got so bad. Um, and what were, the, what were the things, because you said it slowly started creeping up on you, what kind of things were happening? So there was different there was different arguments. I'd found out that he'd cheated on me. I forgave him because I felt that at the time... Because at the same time, I was setting up an online business. Mm. So I'd had my second child. There was redundancy on the table at work, at, with my job. And I really wanted it. Um, and I remember him looking really disappointed when I got the redundancy. Um, and I felt really gutted that he looked really, uh, like, disappointed. Because I, that's all I'd been going on about for about 12 months. So yeah. I felt like he mis- had misunderstood me, but I think he was thinking, shit, you know, uh, she's been made redundant. Um, but there was different, there was, there was, we were gradually sort of like separating, you know, like our got, you know, when you, your partner, your sort of like soulmate, you understood mm-hmm. the same goals and all those kind of things, but we were disagreeing on lots of different things and we were having arguments. And then the arguments started to go way out of control. And then obviously finding out that he'd cheated on me was a complete you know gut-wrenching incident you know of course because because I managed to kind of 
put it in my head as well actually this was just a, a sex thing and I've got a, a much more se- longer term secure relationship with him I've got to be able to forgive him and get over this because I married him for life and, and you know there's always going to be things that you've got to get over and as long as I can build that trust back which is what all the, the kind of mind work that I was doing on myself at the time um right. and it, that didn't obviously happen instantly <laughs> Do you know what I mean I was obviously really gutted for a while but yeah I was gonna I ask you what what how did you decide that you wanted to sort of like forgive him for that and take him back because I felt that there was at the same time there was other there was there was loads of other things going on so there was there was pressure financially because I had this lump sum of redundancy and I was trying to build like an online business as well Mm. Um, so there was like a financial pressure even though we weren't, it wasn't like we were completely broke. It just, I could see that I had this pot of money and it was going to gradually go, you know, we needed to make sure that we were earning. Yeah. Um, and he was also sp- spending a lot of time um, getting into like spiritualism, which I feel that I've always been very spiritual, but what he was getting involved with was in my eyes, like devil worshipping. So I was kind of like worried about him mentally in some respects sure and there was there was obviously so in a way him cheating on me seemed like very low down compared to everything else that was happening I know that sounds bizarre to say but it was that it was like every day it was like firefighting with the whole situation and obviously having to look after two children and making sure that there wasn't any dramas that were going to affect them so and so it all seemed to, this is why I'm saying that overnight, it obviously wasn't overnight, it was over like a two or three year period, it was gra- gradually getting worse. And I'm somebody that can help other people, you know, help a lot of friends with they have problems or any dramas that go on and can kind of logically sit down and say, right, let's look at their point of view, let's, you know, let's not be irrational. And I'm quite a laid back person. So mm-hmm. I was trying to do it within myself, like from my relationship. So I kept having these proactive conversations with him where we would agree, but then the next day it would just go back to how it was. It was really w- weird. So I kept, I was like climbing this mountain, but then it would just go like throw me back down the hill again. Because um, I'm a solution person. So I was just trying to find a solution thinking, you know, everybody has problems this is all there's lots of things I can see that are building up here and we just need to strip it back and work out a plan and solve it um because you were you were trying to sort of fix the violence almost like you would like a work task yeah I suppose yeah because when he strangled me I kind of put that down to like a one-off episode Obviously, initially I didn't, but when I analysed it, I thought he's never done anything like that before. But then, um, then he was starting to accuse me of cheating on him. I think because maybe maybe because I forgave him so easily, mm-hmm. um, and this then became his obsession that every time I was out somewhere, he, I was getting accused of X, Y, and Z. And he was, I was going to, um, I remember going to this hotel that I knew knew all the staff pretty well because he's going for years in the corporate world and I was meeting people with like my new business that I was doing 
And then I found out he was ringing the hotel and then he was saying to me that he'd, that they had CCTV camera, that they'd see me go in with the guy and stuff. And I was like, geez, my life feels really boring because I'm like, I met this girl. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wish it was like, like I was meeting some guy going to the room. You know I mean? um, but, but this, that, that energy that, that mm. was on me on like a daily basis, because it was I was becoming like I was expecting the unexpected all the time what was going to happen next how how was he going to come home what mood was he going to be in what you know what this what that all mm. the time so it was giving me a, a really high level of stress um, did he do anything in front of the kids um there was there was a couple there was like you know there was arguments stuff there was one thing that I was really like really didn't let go afterwards like kept going on to him about that he burnt all our wedding photos in front of the boys um gosh and it was my Jacob who's 12 now he was seven at the time Mm -hmm. and um my youngest probably won't remember it but my eldest still remembers it now and he was you know he was crying because it was the photos of mum and dad yeah would be you know Yeah. so he kept doing bizarre things random bizarre things like that I think it was to try and get a reaction off me to go no, no no what I would do if there was anything that happened that was weird or bizarre I would just say to the boys come on let's go to the park we're going out and we'd just go out right I'd, yeah I'd think of them thinking I need to get them out of this energy scenario sort of thing and you and he didn't sort of chase you or anything like that he would let you go with the kids yeah um, there was one towards the end there was one incident where he kept one of them and I left with the other one and then I had to go back and get the other one and that was all very dramatic um, because then what happened was there was it was grad- there was things that happened that I dealt with myself and then it as I say it started to escalate where um, you know I would lock myself in the bedroom luckily we had locks on the doors like I've yeah. never had a house with locks on the doors right <laughs> But that house did. And I remember I rang the police because he was just really scaring me and I didn't know what he was going to do. So I locked myself in the bedroom with the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that then police incidents started to happen. And I was living with a bag in my boot of my car that had like, you know, like a couple of outfits for me, a couple of outfits for the boys and, yeah. and our passports. So I knew that if I had to leave and it was going to be for good, I just needed to take my laptop because... In a, in a drama or in an argument, you can't suddenly start packing because then that, that person is like, what are you doing? And it's making the drama worse. You need to just get. And I look back on that now and I think I actually can't believe that I had that. Why didn't I just go? I think loads of times I question that. Why didn't I just go? But I didn't want to leave. I got to the point where I knew it was going to end and I knew I was going to leave. But mm-hmm. I, was trying to, I was trying to convince him that it had ended you know I was trying to say because again I was trying to find a solution and the plan and I was <laughs> I was trying to say look you know this has gone really bad we need to split um we need to work out what we're going to do for safe our children kind of thing because so when I, sorry go on I'm just going to say because basically I thought if I leave without doing that I would have further problems which right. I've been trying to try to do that and I have had further problems I've now had to have injunctions and I've now got a five-year restraining order and he's now got a criminal record that I didn't want him to have um but I had to 
I've had to protect myself and also just kind of say no you can't keep doing this kind of thing. So what what made you leave what what was the the, was, was there a moment did something happen an event yeah well there'd been lots of different things obviously a, a different scenarios you know a week could go by or a couple of weeks and everything would be okay but I'd still be kind of walking on eggshells mm. um but then there was one incident where I can't even remember how the how this argument started but he like I had a I think I was clearing the table or something the dining table and I had a plate in my hand and he like hit it out of my hand like with his hand and it went up in the air and smashed on the floor and my son ran downstairs and got you know those tiny tiny bouncy balls are really bouncy Mm -hmm. he got that and he threw it at the back of his dad's head and I know it was like to distract him to sort of kind of protect me and it was and then he ran back upstairs and it was that I just thought I can't believe you know I'm sure he was like seven eight at the time um is like trying to save me this is getting ridiculous I felt like my soul was dying and I thought this is not good for my children because you don't want to split because you want to be a family unit you know you you want to do everything you've possibly done to keep together but it was that that made me think I'm not teaching them the right values I don't want them to think this is acceptable you know they can't live in this environment um Mm -hmm. and but then I think it wasn't like instantly that I left. It was just that then I was focusing on my plan to get out of there and what I was going to do because the house was in my name and I knew he wouldn't leave um, because he'd had I'd, I'd had times where he'd gone and I'd, I'd put my foot down and said you need to just move out for a couple of weeks um, and then he I I would get so much harassment that he would then come back. I'd just give in and let him come back. So I knew that I had to get, I just knew that I had to get out and move from that house. And were you doing all of this on your own or were you seeking support from either the authorities or other groups or, you know, was it just you on your own in this? I remember speaking to someone, I think it may have been from Women's Aid. I had one conversation, but I did a lot of Googling. You know, like we all go to the internet, don't we? Oh, yeah. The police were involved and I remember the police trying to sort of persuade me to press charges but not by by saying we're not trying to persuade you (laughs) (laughs) not trying to do anything but if you think that this is going to continue type of thing you really need to take action and I said no no he's lost his way a little bit I don't want I look back on that I think if I'd done something then my life would have been easier after I left but when you're in it and it's you know because for me it was like he changed um, and I never really believed that someone could sort of completely change. But I think it was just like a gradual thing. Yeah. And you kind of, yeah, yeah. So I didn't, it wasn't until after I left that I got more support um, and from like different sort of charities, you know, through the police really. The police referred me to um, different charities like Women's Aid and uh, 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 the Domestic Violence. Um, basically I can't think I can't remember what the stand for it's domestic violence injunction basically it's get an injunction and um, the police have given me this mm-hmm. card quite a few times um, and they ask all these sets of questions that put you in that box to get this referral um, but I never you have to do it yourself sort of thing and I haven't done it and then it was when I left that I did because I felt that when I left everything would be would calm down but it actually got a lot worse 
which now reading up on a lot of stuff with domestic abuse and violence, you know, when you leave, it's actually one of the most dangerous parts. And I think, I mean, you know, the of the little that I know about it, about domestic violence and about how difficult it is for women to leave, there, there's a lot of, I've, well, I've heard and read a lot that it is really hard to leave because of what can happen. So, I mean, it was it was a big thing for you to obviously decide to leave. And then how are you feeling then? Were you were you more scared when you you left him than when you were with him? I was it was a bit of a mixture, really, because I was not sleeping, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wasn't sleeping at that house because. I just was again was expecting the unexpected all the time and mm. um, so it was a real massive relief to be able to just get in my own bed and be able to sleep lock the door and sleep um, and the first kind of couple of months there wasn't that mu- that much problems and then it just started to really escalate again with him turning up at the house and stuff so um so yeah, it it was. I suppose it was more what when is this gonna stop? And in some respects, things still haven't stopped because, and I've I've actually grown to just live with it um, because I've still got court hearings now with with uh, live with what with with the child the children's situation. I've got children hearings, um, and also um, I'm divorced, but we've still got the finances to sort out um so and that's four and a half years later mm. <laughs> um but it's 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 got so much better because I've you know I've took action really because I think a lot of people are scared to take action mm-hmm. but then you look, you look back and you wish you'd taken action earlier because you can't reason with an unreasonable person you just can't so no matter what, you know I've tried everything to reason with him over the years yeah and, and unfortunately sometimes people who and I think I actually think it's because I've done a lot of self-development over the years because obviously being in the corporate world mm-hmm. kind of pushed into that anyway as a kind of I suppose a process um and then I've always been someone who's been really into kind of mindset stuff and I mm-hmm. think when uh, you know I've always been a positive person generally do you know what I mean okay there's been ta- down times where yeah. I mean, you know, we all have times where we're just like, I can't can't be bothered. But I always look at things from a positive point of view. And I think if you're somebody that's never done any self-development, because this is where I look at, I suppose, him, um, he was sort of always anti all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Then you come from this thing of blame and anger and um, bitterness and feel sorry for me attitude. Whereas I, I, even though you know the police used to call me a victim all the time I used to hate that word because I used to think you know I see a lot of domestic uh, abuse people talk about being a survivor and I suppose it is looking at it from that point of view but mm-hmm. I was in back you know a lot of it this is why I've not spoken about it so much because I felt a real shame on it because I wanted to uh, I come from a positive place so I never felt like the victim I've never had that poor me attitude okay. and you- you sound like a, I mean, obviously you're a strong person for leaving, but you sound like someone 
someone who's a strong person. And I was looking at I was when I was um, stalking you on Facebook. I saw a <laughs> post that you wrote. <laughs> I saw a post that you wrote for the new year, and it really got me like to the core. It really just spoke to me. And you were reflecting on your resilience. And I think when you're such a resilient person, obviously. So you you know you had a plan with work you're in a corporate leadership role so you've come from a very empowered place you know like you can build self-confidence through your work so easily and it does tend to get marred with your personal life because when you're in a relationship it's very it's a different dynamic to being at work and it is about compromising isn't it and yeah being you know trying to look after each other's needs and then obviously with kids and the dynamics that that brings so it's very different you don't necessarily want to be that sort of hardcore dominant role in your personal life because you're doing it day to day you kind of like that equality but then this 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 I can understand then where being called a victim would feel uncomfortable because you're like well no I'm a strong resilient woman but then yeah how did I let how did not even how did I let that happen because it's not you letting it happen no, but that is yeah. That's how I felt though. I did mm. feel like feel like that. Mm-hmm. How did I let that happen completely? Because I think I, I think that was what, what I battled with in my head because I am such a strong person and I, I'm kind of like mm. a le- leader and all that kind of thing. And um, I also battled with the fact that um, I've got mixed race children and he was a black guy and I. I didn't want and this is me being really really honest Mm -hmm. I really didn't want to be a single parent with mixed race children because I felt like society puts a real tag on that um because sort of tag well well, I remember when I was married and it was all happy I remember like just going to I think it was the doctors or the dentist and them saying to me are you asking me different questions said, are you married and I said yeah oh you're married like really surprised (laughs) 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 so and and just (laughs) I don't know just like this stereotype that um you know a a white woman with mixed race children is not going to be married the black man has been I think what I'm saying is just generally it sounds so bad to say but there is a stereotype that black men treat the women badly and that is not the case because I know a lot of black men that treat their women very well but I didn't want to be assumed by society that that was the case Mm -hmm. yeah just and this is just me being honest with a lot of assumptions and and prejudice and um racial things there was that that hung over my head as well as well as letting my parents down as well because they're still together and married for Mm. a God knows how many years. Um, you know, they're in the seventies and have been married since they were twenty, you know, fifty years, whatever it is. Yeah. And so there was a, a lot of, you know, all these things that were going around in my head that I didn't want to let other people down. I didn't want to let myself down. I didn't want. So that's why I hung on so much. To kept thinking, we can get through this and pass this because, because even now I still look back and think, you know, I don't think that he's a really horrible, nasty person. I just think that he lost his way a little bit. And actually, he needs to do more self focus, you know, self development yeah. and focus. Because I don't development, think anybody's yeah. a really nasty person, but I've seen that how controlling and dominating he was. Mm. Um, and even though he had, you know, a very good sort of jokey personality, that was kind of hit, hidden from me, even maybe earlier when I was happy, you know. Yeah, I mean, 
we we you know we could especially with your own experiences we could really explore what's you know what could have possibly motivated him to do what he did what could have been happening with him but I'll be honest with you I only care about you right now so <laughs> I think it always doesn't it all those all those behaviors of like maybe arrogance and blame and ego come from mm-hmm. insecurity or fear so I, I realised that the person I thought was really strong actually is probably really insecure and has a lot of fear. And that's what, the, you know, the issue is. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, we can ask why. I can't ask him we, why, you know, because we were like the perfect couple at one point and people right. used to look up to us as the perfect couple. Mm. Um, and it's funny how you can be that and then literally a downward spiral. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I just can't imagine it's just it's so heart-wrenching like to hear that story and just just imagining what you could have possibly I mean it would only just be imagining what you could have possibly gone through during that time the not knowing and then experiencing various different episodes and trying to obviously fix the situation because it's it it is marriage marriage takes work yada yada I can see completely where you're coming from and why you would have been looking for solutions I think that's you know that you, you you were trying to save your marriage and obviously yeah. for the kids as well so I think obviously it's it's completely admirable what you've done and the fact that you actually did get to leave and I'm so sorry that it, it's still difficult for you like you're not you know you, the, the kids obviously are, are going to want to see him so what what have you done I guess during all of this time and, and even now how how do you look after yourself through all of this because Obviously, he had some mental challenges. There's definitely some mental health issues there. But for yourself, it could it can also creep up, right? And yeah. affect you in in. I mean, you could have easily fallen into a deep depression. Obviously, you've got kids. You're trying to run a business. How have you managed to survive? I guess in that sense as well. I think when I remember at, at my lowest when I was still there in in that house as I, as I put it in my mind mm. um I remember on a daily basis I, I look at it now and it was it was doing like a, a it was, you know how people do like a gratitude journal and things like that yeah um, but at the time I didn't realize that what that's what I was doing because I wasn't writing anything down I'd just wake up and think I just immediately would think of two two or three things that I was grateful for mm-hmm um, and it was it was usually around the boys being healthy and you know because I used to think it must be horrendous if you know your child's got you know a terminal illness and you know all those kind of things mm-hmm. so I, I used to think of people's scenarios that were worse than me or even um, you know I was still financially independent so there was you know there could be other women that were in my situation who um, were you know were financially dependent and I think that's got to be even tougher to get out yeah so I so I used to those were those were the things that were kind of like 999 self-care <laughs> to kind of get me through through the day and then once I left my sleep pattern was so horrendous and still sometimes I don't sleep that well um, but I've done a lot of things focusing on my sleep and um, this last 12 months really got into meditation right meditating sort of twice a day if I can um but definitely you know at the end of a, a, an evening once the boys are in bed um, what was hap- what's hap- what was happening or is happening with your sleep I mean when you say you, you you couldn't sleep very well what's what does that mean is it 
insomnia is it that you can't get your mind to settle yeah so I think yeah I suffered with or I, I haven't I'd say probably the last six months I've been pretty good but um because I, because there was a lot of drama happening when I left with him turning up at the house and doing different things and the boys waking up and having nightmares about you know dad's gonna come and stab you I had a dream that dad came and stabbed you to death and things oh my like god um so then it would make me have bizarre dreams so just bizarre dreams that would wake me up and then I couldn't get back to sleep and just being really you know having anxiety at bedtime yeah, but yeah. like palpitations and that kind of thing um but my sleep pattern has got so much better now and the boys because we've just had quite a lot of stability recently um and just got you get back into kind of routines don't you Mm. Um, what sort of therapies did you take up then because meditation is good and stuff but obviously with the kids as well um I'm assuming you've taken some level of talking therapy or yeah like just guided meditation really I've just followed quite a few people online and then watched Mm. YouTube things so I'm all I need to do more on it really because I want kind of like a more focused plan I was following a guy who was saying that I needed to cut ties <laughs> with the archangels and I was like I definitely need to cut ties <laughs> um, so yeah <laughs> just guided meditation just before I go to bed to help me fall asleep mm. um, and I have Alexa in my bedroom as well who now is asking me if I want meditation when I go to bed <laughs> sometimes I just unplug her because I think she's weird and she knows everything about my life but yeah, she <laughs> she's got to know my habits. It was so funny recently. She literally said, to her, "I get in bed, and they all say, right, can you set an alarm for seven a.m.'" And she and she always says to me, "Yes, your alarm is set for every day, weekday at seven a.m." Um, so I go, "Okay, thank you." And it's the same conversation I have with her every night. And then sometimes I'll say, "Have you got any chill out music or meditation tracks that you know I like?" And then yeah. she'll play, play something. And then literally, this was a few weeks ago. She went, I said about the alarm, and then she said. Um, would you like me to play a meditation track to help you get to sleep? Oh, Jesus Christ, this is better than a man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get started on how scared I am of AI technology because I think that, yeah, <laughs> I've watched far too many movies. <laughs> I know, exactly, same as me on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Logging her <laughs> um, But I use her as an alarm clock or, or for music. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was. I, I, when I'm going through periods of time where I feel like I'm not sleeping or sleep's bad, I always like have like a lavender oil bath and then play out. Just even if it's just London grammar, I like London grammar. Uh, just chill out music, um, just to wind myself down to, and just trying to meditate in my own thought, you know, in my own way. Because I think meditation can be quite personal to you. I used to think that you had to be doing yoga and sit in a certain way and be doing certain things, but really meditation is just actually completely switching off and every time something comes into your brain just reject it and just really try and just have a bit of peaceful moment in yourself within yourself and just think of nothing yeah which is quite hard to do isn't it yeah it is I mean with um I mean I use Ayurvedic principles when I'm helping clients with meditation and and in meditation, like traditional terms, it's not about silencing your mind because you can't do that. The brain is active for a reason. So all you can do is just acknowledge the thought and let it move on because you yeah. want to just calm it down. So you don't do anything with the thought when it comes into your mind, except one of my clients, actually, he shared with me a little 
technique that I've sort of carried on and like shared with other clients and he just shushes the thought so the thought will come in and he will physically just put his sort of like finger to his mouth and go shh and it just sort of dissipates and I mean there's various different techniques and also you know when you're starting out in meditation it doesn't have to be sitting you know sitting on the floor with a candle burning and <laughs> chanting Aum because you know Aum is a religious sound so you if you don't connect to that religion there's it's not going to work for you so I always tell clients as a a starting point with meditation just start walking don't take any music with you just walk and just be just look around you because obviously in today's technology filled society you know we're generally heads down in a phone aren't we or we've always got music on or we're always reading something or we're you know advertising is still rife everywhere so we don't necessarily detach from our actual day to day the walk to the station do you know what I mean it's filled with so much distraction so any time that you can be quiet no distractions and literally just look at the trees look at the sky yeah exactly I found that walks or just sort of being in in nature is really Mm -hmm. it's really healing actually it is and it's really good like it's an activity I do with my son all the time me and my husband like he'll do it separately to me but every day that we're sort of home with him for the whole day part of the day is going for a walk and doing nothing on that walk except literally just taking in what's around us and it's always really delightful because I see and experience different things and my four-year-old sees and experiences different things and then we sort of talk about it over dinner which is quite nice and it also sort of because he's a kid it's instilling good meditative habits at a very young age you know something that he can relate to and always sort of fall back on if he's yeah. having a tough time well hopefully <laughs> we'll see if that plan works ask me again in another 10 years <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's interesting what you say meditation though about accepting it and letting it go because I mm. I don't know where I got that from but it wasn't really with meditation it's something that I'll, I'll use now but I was um just like if because I've had lots of different things along the way like you know really really stressful court hearings mm. uh, I prepare for and I'm now representing myself so I put all that pressure on myself as well Gosh. um and preparing you know just preparing just being stressed the night before because it's always horrible to come into like a conflict situation with him as well mm. um and so then after after a day in court you feel completely wiped out as well and there's loads of emotion and loads of things going on in your head and I I don't know if it was something I read but I I used to sort of beat myself up for being like that you know because I was like you know I've got work to do I've got children I've got got to get back to normal but I've realized I just like accept that feeling Mm -hmm. accept that it's happening and just sort of feel it and just like let it go you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like just have that those moments to sort of a not let it absorb me but just just let it happen rather than fighting that feeling because fighting that feeling is what gives you the stress <laughs> yes you know oh 100 percent. I mean? oh yeah I completely agree with you there's another way of doing it well there's two ways when you're walking every step that you take you, you can give it to the earth so you can sort of like step each stress into the earth and that's another way of sort of I guess more 
um, tangibly acknowledging the thought that is coming into your mind. It's quite, it can be quite powerful, especially if you're somewhere really, really quiet, like a big park or or a forest or something. And then another technique is really good in the water. So because the water can obviously make you feel quite, what's the word? Uh, you know, cause you're floating and you're quite light. Yeah. It's just being in the water and moving your arms or your hands around the water. You can also use that metaphorically to sort of push the stresses away. So I'm very pro water <laughs> as well as another I love exercise. And you can just do it in the bath. You love swimming. Yeah. Swimming is my thing. I'm not really a gym person. Cause that was, that was another thing I was going to say. It's only like, um, this last probably 18 months that I'd like neglected myself as regards to exercise and stuff mm. um, and we were saying before we, we recorded about how I've been on a bit of a health kick this last couple of weeks with the new year <laughs> um, but last year I I went back to going swimming again because you know being on my own with the boys difficult to, I'd have to do it in the daytime and then I'm working and it was all kind of and I thought no I need to prioritize it you know with this whole self-care thing I need to yeah. I was prioritizing them to making sure they were doing football and cricket because I thought that releases because they've had you know anxieties and stress and that helps them release stuff and I thought I'm doing all this for everybody else because this is what you do isn't it you do it for everybody else and then you neglect yourself <laughs> so, yep <laughs> so, so yeah I started swimming is my thing I don't really like gym and I, I don't mind exercise groups and things but gym I think I just I just find it really boring and I don't I'd need a personal trainer and I don't know I just enjoy swimming really yeah um, swimming's so, great it's one of my faves as yeah well. definitely love it so I think I think we should we can wrap up here but I wanted to ask you if you had any specific tips for anybody who's potentially in a similar situation to when you were um for how to I guess get out or what what type of resilience they need need or I don't know any any sort of tips for anybody I think your gut instinct or you know your, your gut instinct is always right so mm. something you know if you really feel like you're fighting against like the waves you know and you're and you keep coming back to the same point your gut instinct's always right and actually what you believe is failure isn't failure because I feel like I've got a whole new lease of life and actually I feel like everything's happened for a reason it's actually all part of my story to do good in the world now you know I actually think in some respects I'm grateful for it happening which sounds bizarre yeah I am because I feel like it's made yeah. me a more enriched person because I've spent a lot of time on my own and working mm -hmm. on myself which I wouldn't have had um and I was probably more focused on material things before and you really realize what's important in life um, which I'm sure anybody that has any kind of adversity, you know, even, you know, mm. bereavement or anything that I suppose is seen as a bad thing that happened actually does make you who you are and actually can kind of reverse engineer it and kind of make it into something good. So if you do feel like you're fighting against a, a tidal weight, you know, you just go with your gut instinct and don't see things as, because I think society makes you feel like, and the social media doesn't help because social media gives you the impression that everybody's got a perfect world when actually yeah. it's Facebook, not Facebook, isn't it? So absolutely, you've got to just go with your gut and also make sure that you look after you 
And if you are drinking alcohol, make sure you reduce the alcohol. (laughs) 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 And think about, you know, your body and your well-being as regards to all the the things that we know that we should be doing. Yes actually make us have more energy you know the, the things I've been doing this year with having a lot more fruit and vegetables and vitamin b12 has really given me a real big kick of energy mm. and I think sometimes we just get stuck don't we where we're doing the same thing and we get yeah we get stuck in life and we get stuck in doing for others be that work be that kids be that family it does it completely does and I think you know you're definitely doing the right thing for yourself now putting yourself first self-care 101 all those wonderful things for your health I think it's great I mean what a journey what what an inspiring story what an inspiring journey like I'm I'm sitting here and talking to you and I don't know what to say because I'm just so (laughs) myself I'm like wow and I think I have problems you know like it's it's funny now when you you know like the normal things happen like you know like you say your tire blows on the motorway or um you have a car accident or uh, you you sell in your house and the buyer falls out Mm -hmm. all those things now I don't care like it's really funny how I've changed like even my mum said to me recently you know you don't seem to be really bothered like you know sort of get a grip type of thing and I was like oh well it's one of those things we'll just deal with it you know because when I suppose when you've had worse things it just seems insignificant so that's another great thing really at least the power of perspective right (laughs) yeah exactly but I definitely think one last thing is always making sure you've got even if it's just 15 20 minutes for yourself doing something for yourself Mm. um whether it be watching something on Netflix or reading something or and it's yeah. hard it's hard to do that because sometimes you just get so tired don't you after your day oh of course yeah but it's good to try and have just a certain amount of time in the day for you yeah no absolutely I think that's what you've just shared is just superb and it is it's just that 15 20 minutes isn't it if you can find that just for you doing something that brings you joy will just help you get through your day in you know so much more easily definitely so what's happening right now Anna I understand there is a book launch coming yeah well I have um there's a book launch and there was 15 of us female entrepreneurs have all done a chapter and Mm -hmm. it's she made it happen and it's out at the end of this month um at really inspiring stories actually lots of people have had different adversities in there uh, oh. who sort of turned their life around and and mainly online businesses as well um I obviously uh, my kind of field is I am a digital marketer um, an e-commerce expert and focus on helping people import products and launch their own physical brands on Amazon mainly um but online um, because with my previous sort of corporate world, I headed up quite a lot, you know, a lot of the big brands. I've got a lot of branding experience. Amazing. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to do something good this year as regards to kind of all my stuff as well. I really want to give back a bit more and help people who may feel stuck or just want to do something a bit different and launch an online business, but helping them with their like resilience and, and mindset and just just believing in themselves really and oh, uh, yeah. you know doing something a bit different and purposeful really because I'm I've, I've got involved with a charity as well that helps um it actually helps women in refuges um well the children in refuges um these buddy bags that 
Uh, it's called the Buddy Bag Foundation. Uh-huh. Um, and it's for, for kids who, you know, suddenly are taken out of their home and have nothing. So this bag has, you know, like pyjamas and toothbrush, toothpaste and a little toy and different things inside um, to sort of start them on their new life. And because I'm really grateful that that didn't actually happen to me. Yeah. And but obviously I had my own kind of buddy bag in my boot for eight months. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's the time to give back now and sort of inspire others, really, to say that, you know, if I can have launched a, a business and a successful business throughout this whole difficult period than anybody can really. Absolutely. I Like I say, thank you so much for being on the show. You are just such an inspiration. I'm actually lost for words. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so embarrassed what a shoddy host I am. But <laughs> I've literally just been sitting here listening to you, making notes, feeling, you know, the perspective shifts. And I mean, we, we talk about when you're a coach, you, you also have a coach and I do actually have a coach, but I'm like, I might just hire you for just that <laughs> up leveling of resilience because it's next level. And, you know, obviously your, your life experience is, is, oh, it's just, I don't Look, listen to me. I don't even know what to bloody say. Like, <laughs> just rubbish. Anna, right, I'm going to end the show. Thank you so much for being on this show. Thank you so much for the journey, the resilience, everything that you've been through and for everything that you are doing and you're going to be in this world. I'm just so grateful for your existence and I wish you every every ounce of happiness that is possible honestly i do yeah thank you thanks for inviting me it's been a pleasure totally thank you well what an incredible woman and as you heard i couldn't find the words i still can't find the words i can't even imagine what she has gone through and for anyone who's ever been through anything like this it just it's so scary and overwhelming and beyond frightening obviously to go through something like that but then to be able to come out the other side and find a way to survive and find a way to be strong and protect her mental well-being protect her children and actually still continue to live life is something that I guess from a perspective point of view you know we can all do with some perspective when we're feeling like the chips are down and like Anna says she doesn't sweat the small stuff now so maybe we should take a leaf out of her book. Thank you for listening to the Self Care 101 podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would subscribe and review so that other people like you can find the show. For more tips and tricks, you can follow me on the socials at Frankly Coaching or visit my website to find out more about my coaching programs and how to work with me at franklycoaching.com.